0: Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Now, you know, if we just took that one verse, there's so much... Power that single verse alone. Let, let me just, let me just, it's not my message, but I just can't move past this for a second. Just a second. I want you to notice something labor not for the meat which perisheth. Instantly, somebody's going to the whole idea, I've got to work my way into heaven. But the Lord takes that idea away from him before he finishes the verse, doesn't he? He says, Which the Son of Man shall give unto you. The Lord is going to give us everlasting life. It's not what you work for. But those that have everlasting life, you know what? Can be investing in the things that will never pass away. And uh, just thought I would say that. Is that okay? It's too bad I just did. <laughs> okay. Verse number 28, it says... Then said they unto Him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Another great message right here. That's what man wants to do. They want to know what part they can play in getting themselves to heaven. And what shall we do? Man wants to have something to do in order to merit heaven. And Jesus answered, verse 29, and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye, what? Believe on Him whom he has sent. So it's not what you can do for God that's going to get you into heaven. It's believing in what God has done for you. Amen? And so here's what the Bible says Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What Dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me, and believe not. Heavenly Father, I pray that today as we consider the truth of your word, that you would sear it into our hearts. May we today, this time, not simply be hearers, but might You cause us to become doers of the Word. And Lord, if there's someone here today that does not know Thee as Savior, we pray that You would so move in their heart that they would desire to understand what it means to have their sins all forgiven and their home in heaven secure. For this we pray in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. God's Word changes lives. Do you believe that? It has changed my life. It has made all the difference in me. It has cast light in the dark places. It has been a divine GPS system to govern the the journey that I'm on that the Lord has set my feet upon to guide me it's going to guide me all the way home sometimes when I don't know where I am or what I'm doing I trust that he knoweth the way that I take and that his way is perfect and I would say to you that Jesus declared that heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never pass away My friends, if that be true, and it is, then why would we not cling to the Word of God? Because it is the only thing that for time and eternity that will stand the test and that will ultimately endure. The people of God... The, the the Jewish people that Jesus had been ministering to in Capernaum realized that Jesus had, by some miraculous mean, made it across the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee, and they didn't know how this all happened. Of course, you and I have read the book, and uh, listen. If you saw the movie, the book is way better. Amen. It's all. It's always better. Look, and so. What I want to say to you is that Jesus walked across that sea, remember? have many remember the story now? Okay. Look, he, and, and then when he got in the boat, they instantly were on the other side. And anyway, the, the masses made their way to Jesus, and it would, had just been the day before that he had been teaching them on the shores of Galilee, and he had fed the 5,000 men, also women and children, which constituted perhaps cumulatively 25,000 people. With a few loaves and some fish. The lad that gave his lunch to the Lord, it was a a miracle extraordinaire. And we know that these people had heard of it, and there was a great stir in their midst, and they came to to hear from Jesus. And when they besought him there, we we discover here that the Bible tells us that Jesus said, Verily, verily I say unto you, ye seek me not. Because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves, and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. So what the Lord is saying is, in a metaphoric sense, don't invest yourself in carnal things. It's interesting he used the word, the meat which perisheth. The meat with perish which perisheth now how many of you have ever had the joy of having the power go out or having the plug kicked on your deep freeze am i the only one that's ever experienced the blessing how many of you have ever had that happen i remember one day i went on vacation i came home a week later and somehow when we were leaving the plug got kicked out just ever so slightly on a big deep freeze that we had. And I had just shot an elk, and it was full of elk meat. And uh, and it was full of um, of beef and all kinds of things. I'm telling you, I had fish in there from a fishing trip, and I had a turkey that was uh, put aside in there for the holidays and and, uh, and and had some ice cream in there, had to have ice cream, had some Rocky Road ice cream in there and and uh, other good things that I, I have on good authority are going to be in heaven, uh, during served during the marriage supper of the Lamb, right? Going to be some uh, Moose Tracks ice cream up there and I think there's probably going to be some Rocky Road, maybe some other good things like that. But uh, uh, when I came home, you know, um, I, I just smelt this strange smell in my garage, and I couldn't quite figure what it—forgot what it was. I was kind of looking around, thinking maybe um, something had gotten in there and died, you know. And and I'm looking around, and and just something possessed me to lift the lid on the deep freeze. And man, I got to tell you something—I um, found Jimmy Hoffa in there and he didn't smell very good. <laughs> I should have had Geraldo with me, you know. <laughs> he could have video documented it all, but uh, I got to tell you something. That was the nastiest thing I'd ever seen in my life, and it stunk to high heaven. And I got to tell you something, it was so grotesque that uh, there it was it was groaning and gurgling. It was it was the soupiest quagmire of rotted flesh the neighbors could smell it for blocks away literally i had to call some friends they said we'll be back they they said leave the lid on tight don't open it we'll be back they came back with goggles and masks and and coveralls and rubber shoes <laughs> and bleach okay and uh, and I'm sure people that were in my neighborhood thought he's killed somebody and they're there helping him remove the body, right? And uh, he's cleaning up after himself so that uh, they can't find any any uh, vestige of the evidence behind, you know? And uh, But, but you know, it was the nastiest thing. And I understand why the Lord said, labor not for meat which perisheth, because listen... Um, Meat is going to go bad. And the root word... Anybody here speaks Spanish? Nobody? Speak a little Spanish? Maybe a poquito? How many of you speak some Spanish? Poquito. What's the Spanish word for meat? Carne, right? Right. You know what the Greek word for flesh is? Carnal. Or the, the word for flesh carnay right same thing so you know listen we're talking about flesh this stuff you know what we're doing we're investing our lives in the things that will pass away they're going to pass away they're going to rot they're going to decay right yes they are and i'm going to just say that the bible says Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. May I ask you a question? What are you doing to invest in that which will never pass away? What about your life as an investment in the things that will never pass away? The things that will endure unto eternal life. That's a profound question. But as the Lord began to teach them and He gave them His Word, we find that there were responses to it. And the Lord called them out because as He gave the Word, there were people that came along, but the reason why they came was not because they wanted to seek the Lord because of what He taught them. There were responses that we find in this passage And some wanted to draw near to the Lord because of the carnal. It would help them have something to eat in their belly. It was something that would please them in their flesh. And today there's a whole new doctrine called the prosperity doctrine that is very popular on religious television today that is watched by the masses who are, in a sense, they think, seeking after God but it is only because they have the hope that he's going to bestow some added favor upon them in a carnal sort of a way that they're going to get more money out of the deal that they're going to somehow have a better status in life. They're going to be able to social network. They'll have more friends if they go to church. And there are some that come to church because they need the social interaction or because they want to have the interconnectivity and they want to network with people so they can get a better job opportunity. They want to find a babysitter if they have little kids or they just are lonesome and they want to have friends. There are others that come when we serve food and that's the only time that they ever come or they want us to help them pay the rent, or they have a need that they want to have met. There are others that come because they're looking for a spouse, and uh, they've you know, they been looking in bars and thinking that's not a great place to look anymore, and online you never know what you're going to get, amen? And, and uh, e- even though the internet is true, it's all true on the internet. How, it, do you know that, don't you? How many of you have learned you can trust everything you read on the internet? Okay, go ahead, raise your hand up big and high. <laughs> uh, because I, I have some Ocean property in Buckeye, I want to sell you. Look, there are those that their response to a gathering that the Lord had was not, let's go learn from the truth and draw nigh to Jesus because of what he's saying. It's let's go see what he can. What's on the menu today? Yesterday it was loaves and fish. And they follow because of carnal reasons. I wonder. Have you ever been the type of person that would say, I'll go if you go. Now I know probably none of you would ever do that. Hey, tell you what, I'll go if you go. and We can get lunch afterward. Right? Have you ever said that? You know, why don't we ever just say, look, I'm going even if you're not. Because that's where God wants me to be that's what he wants me to be doing I hope you go but if you don't I'll let you know how it went right that that's the right response isn't it yes it is I'm gonna live by a principle not by a whim not by the carnal affirmation of having friendship there now look everybody wants to have friends but every once in a while when you're doing the will of God you're going to look around and find out that there are very few and far between. Now, if we look here, the masses gathered around Jesus in the hope that he would do more miracles and that he would reproduce more fish and loaves because I'm going to tell you something it was probably the best tasting food that they ever had in their lives. Why? Because God never does something halfway. What he does, he does perfectly. It was satisfying to them in every imaginable way. If he'd given them a little piece of cracker with a sardine on it, you think they would—they would flock to him in such a way that it would still be discussed millennia later. I believe it was probably the most fulfilling meal. They thought that's a, to you know. The, for generations, they were hearing that was the best tasting fish I've ever had in my life. Right? And it was the best bread I've ever had. So fresh. I don't know how it was so fresh out there. Do you understand? It's because it came from the hand of God. And so they flocked to the Lord. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus began to reveal himself as a bread from heaven, who's come down from heaven, they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And And then when Jesus began to reveal to them that He was the bread from heaven, what was the response in verse 41? The Jews then murmured at Him because He said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Folks, I want to just let you in on a little secret that the cancel censorship culture that we now see on full display in our world was alive and kicking in Jesus' day. Do you know what? They wanted you to have the freedom of speech As long as you were saying what they were saying. As long as you were in agreement with them. I've warned folks and said, boy, if the Lord tarries is coming, there's going to be a time when we're going to see our basic freedoms infringed upon and the gospel message is going to be threatened by all of the speech police. And folks, that day is not coming. It's already here. Last Sunday, there were more than 700 churches that, while broadcasting the gospel on Facebook, were kicked off of Facebook for what they termed as hate speech. And when they researched it, it was not for what they were preaching right then on Sunday. It was what their minders and proctors had found on their websites from sermons bygone and past. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Do you care about that? How much do you care about that? Folks, do you care about it enough to fast? Do you care enough about it to pray? Do you care enough about it to stand up even when the world may be backing away, the crowd may be backing off, fact is that there were people that were complaining and what I've discovered is that when Jesus is giving the word, there were many people that flocked to him and some went to him because not that they wanted to hear the word and learn more of God through his word and not so much for anything but what they could get out of it carnally. But then there were others that said, well, I love the thrill of a crowd and I like to just go along to get along and... Because there's, that's what the crowd was doing. The Bible reveals to us that the Lord began then to talk about Himself being the bread from heaven, and He was speaking of His death, His burial, and His resurrection, and He said that, that you would need to eat of His flesh and drink of His blood, and they began to think of that literally, and that was violative of the law of God, uh, that discussed specifically cannibalism and drinking of blood and even in the New Testament we discover that one of the things that was affirmed by the Apostles to, uh, to the Apostle Paul when he came to report uh, to the council in Jerusalem was that they should not drink blood because they were laboring among pagan people that would sometimes do that. And I think it was not so much that they were worried about him violating the law of Moses as much as that... They didn't want anybody to misunderstand what Jesus had said when he said that you must drink my blood and eat of my flesh. And that is what he said in a metaphoric sense, that the flesh that is broken for you and the blood that is shed for you because I have taken on human form so that the body could be broken and the blood could be shed, you must accept the sacrifice of Calvary, you must receive that. And so in a metaphoric sense, he was saying that. Oftentimes, we we talk about, man, he swallowed the whole story, right? And we might use metaphoric terms in relationship to something that was told. And Jesus was using word pictures, and they were taking him for literal, and they were thinking he's, he's asking us to do cannibalism, and that's not at all what the Lord was suggesting. But what happened is... In verse 60, many therefore of His disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can hear it? And the Bible reveals in verse 66, From that time, many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. You know what? The crowd didn't go along with Jesus. They didn't appreciate the truth, and there are people that will come to church so long as the truth that is spoken is not too difficult for them to have to deal with. As long as it doesn't take me outside of my comfort zone. If the crowd is going along, I'll tag along and go with it. I'll just go with the flow. Now, folks, for as much as we want to believe in majority rule and a democratic system of government, may I just submit to you this morning that as you search the Word of God, you will be hard put to find very many places where the crowd was right. You'll be hard put to find very many places where that the majority was even right. They were wrong in fact okay now folks I I li- listen I, I want to say there are some people who just go along with the crowd and they'll follow Jesus because hey everybody's doing it it must be right I mean you, you know look they, they must be doing something right over there look how many people they have you know going there folks listen there are a lot of people that turn out to a rave. Right? Does that make it right? No. People go to nightclubs, even in California, in a you know, or California as sometimes some people call it. Right? Under threat of prison and and COVID, you know, they're they're going out to a nightclub and hanging out. Why? Hey, listen, the crowd's there; it's exciting. People go along. There are people that their response to Jesus is he's gathering a crowd. I'll just go along with them. But what when the what about when the crowd turns away and walks no longer with him? What are you going to do then? What are you going to do when your best friend says I'm leaving the church? What are you going to do then? You're going to leave too? So God's will is determined by your friends? God's will is determined by what the world is doing? What everybody's doing? God's will is determined by what pleases you in the flesh? How do you determine God's will? I hope that you say it is determined by what the Bible says. The principles and precepts of the Word of God are the very things that dictate the course of my life. And I like it when my friends and family go along with that, but if they don't, it doesn't change what God has said. Now. There are many that that murmured at what Jesus said and they said this is a hard saying, who can hear it? And they turned around and they walked no longer with Him. And you know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because it didn't jive with conventional teaching. It wasn't how they were raised. I can't tell you how many times through the years I have given the gospel to people who were raised in Catholicism who refused to believe it. Because if they believed what I was telling them, they would have to admit that their grandma did go to heaven. And they believed in their heart she was the sweetest woman that ever lived. But she believed in a system that told her she had to work her way to heaven. And so because it didn't jive with what they had been raised with, they rejected the truth of the Word of God. And so we saw that there were some that went along carnally, and when it didn't please their flesh anymore, they decided they weren't going to draw near to God anymore. And there were some that went along with the crowd because it was exciting and thrilling to them. But when the crowd turned away... They had choices that they had to make and there were some that went along because here was a a rabbi and he was Jewish and and maybe he's going to tell us more about what we've been raised with and when he began to challenge them with things that they had never heard and make declarations about who he was that didn't wash with their conventional teaching and now because they were going to have to get outside of the Box of convention in their mind and believe what he's telling them. It was no longer fun to go along, and they turned away and they and they left. You know, folks. Sometimes you you see the bumper sticker that says "Honk if you love Jesus," right? I like the one that says tithe if you love Jesus." Anyone can honk, right? If you don't believe me, cut somebody off today, everybody will start honking at you, right? And, and giving you their IQ simultaneously with the other hand, right? And, uh, but, this, but but look, the fact is that, look, there were people that went along and when all of a sudden he was challenging what they believed to be so, it wasn't so fun to go along anymore. They decided, I, I think I'm going to go home now. You know, there's no more fish and bread and and uh, you know I don't I, I'm not seeing the, the miracles and you know this is really hard saying I don't want anybody to look at me and think that I actually believe that stuff so I'm going to go away yesterday I I sat in the lunch are are, are you guys with me this morning I, I you know one of the things that frustrates me is I hate these dumb masks don't you and uh, I'm only not wearing one right now so you can hear me, okay? And uh, I'm staying keeping my distance, all right? We took took these seats out of spitter's row right there to protect them from any spittle. And uh and, and but when when I wear the those masks in a crowd, you know what? I get sleepy. And you know I can tell some of you do too. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you know, but uh it's not that the preacher preaches long, it's that you're breathing your carbon monoxide and your face is sweating and you're getting sleepy like this, you know. And, uh, and so I don't take it personally, but uh, I do have a GoPro videotaping you and I, I will use it for uh, however I see fit later on. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, but listen, I was sitting at the luncheon yesterday with Dr. and Mrs. Cooper and we were just talking, and, and he turned to me and he said, you know, it seems to me, Pastor, like our president is the loneliest man in America. And he said, it seems like all the people that wanted to follow him before it, it just seems like don't want to know his name anymore. And he just, and he was just, we're not talking politics, he was just making a statement, and he said, isn't it sad? And he said how lonely he must feel. And I I thought to myself, I'm not trying to make any type of moral or spiritual equivalence, but I thought to myself, there are moments in the ministry of our Lord where he felt the same thing. Not for anything wrong that he had done, but for simply declaring the truth. He became the least popular man in Israel. And people that claimed they went along with him, even his own disciples, didn't want to own him. That had to be a hurting thing. Let me say to you that there's other things that I that I have in my outline. I'm not going to share them with you. I'm going to I, w- I want you to go to the latter part of this chapter. Jesus said this in verse 62 sixty one, Jesus knew in Himself that the disciples murmured at it. And he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where He was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit and they are life. So it is the Word of God that brings us alive. life. It, it is the Spirit bringing them to life and quickening us and he said this, verse 64, there are some of you that believe not. They heard it and their response that was evoked was, they didn't believe. And and so they were among those in verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. But listen, it's no accident that the following verses are here. In verse 67 Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast what? The what? Words of eternal life. And we what? Believe. And are what? Sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So Peter made a great declaration here. That was true. This wasn't when he said, I send to thee that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And when Jesus said, Blessed art thou Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee. This was before that. Okay, But understand, Jesus' response to him was this. Okay? You say that you believe me. Good. Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Okay. Sometimes there are those that are confounded because of a Judas. You know what it means to be confounded? You're bewildered, you lack understanding, and you don't know what to do with it. So you know when we don't know what to do with a problem in the church, you know what most people do? They leave. Just leave. Aren't you you glad that when you were a kid your mother said, I just don't know what to do with you anymore. She didn't just leave you at the fire station. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm glad my parents didn't do that with me. But follow me on this. Okay? Jesus had 12 disciples And one of them was a devil. If we had 300 people in church, would it surprise you that there might be some devils in the crowd? Would it surprise you that there might be some people masquerading as disciples in the crowd? If one out of twelve of Jesus' followers was masquerading... Would it surprise you if we had one or two or four or twelve? Would it surprise you? Would it? Well, we say, no, well, it wouldn't surprise me the Lord had one, so I imagine we could too, right? Well, what if you're confronted by the devil? What then? Are you going to take your marbles and go home? Are you going to say, well, if that's your brand of Christianity, I want no part of it? If that's what they call a church leader, then I'm out of here? When, you know, one out of twelve church leaders rubs you all the wrong way? you got to be kidding me. So you're going to let a fake dictate the terms of your Christianity? Rather than Almighty God? Rather than trusting and obeying Jesus? In this context of Then all the multitude turned away from him and fled, and they walked no longer with him. And Jesus looked around and said, will ye also go away? And they said, oh Lord, we believe that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, yeah, by the way, one of you is a devil. So now what are you going to do about it? Are you going to continue with me? Are you going to continue to draw nigh to me because of the truth that you believe and are sure of? Because anybody can say, well, I believe that and I'm sure of that. And isn't it interesting that the one that said we believe and are sure of that denied Jesus three times? I believe that if you wait until the moment to decide what you're going to do, You'll probably choose wrongly. I remember, you know, growing up and being taught principles about Christian dating and saying, "Look, if you wait till you're in a compromised situation on a date to decide how you're going to handle it, you're you've already crossed the line. You're probably going to make a bad move there. You've got to make the decision before you go on the date, right?" To to live for Jesus and to maintain your purity, because if you wait till you're in the compromised situation, it's already a, a, a difficult situation. And folks, let me say to you that there's going to come a moment in time where the Lord is going to turn to you and say, "Will you also go away? Are you going to go away because your friends have left? Because the crowd has stopped following?" Because it's no longer fun anymore? Because now all the fireworks are gone and there's no fish and loaves? Are you going to go away because you don't like the truth that's being taught? You'd rather have somebody tell you to just love your neighbor and be kind to animals? I'm asking you. The truth is that if you claim... To love that which quickens unto life everlasting, and to love the living Word, Jesus, you're going to cleave to the eternal unchanging Word of God, and you're going to do the work of Him that God has sent, which is to simply believe it. I'm going to take God at His Word. And true belief will be accompanied by a choice, because faith without works is dead being alone. Anybody can honk, you understand? Anybody can say, I have faith. Peter said, we believe and are sure. And yet he could not stand up to a little girl in the hall of Caiaphas and he denied the Lord three times. And he cursed and he swore with four letter words in front of a crowd. He said, I never met Jesus. It's like, you know, you know, you being in a situation at work and they're all Democrats and looking at you like, you didn't vote for that guy, dude. You? You're like, oh man, no, I would never do that. You know. And everything. <laughs> right? You say, oh, I, I, I'm going to stand up, I got an AR-15. Well, I'm really happy about that. You know, listen, when are you going to stand up for Jesus without an AR-15? I'm just simply saying. God is calling us to draw nigh to Him not because it helps our flesh. Not because that's what everybody is doing. Not because it always agrees with what we've always been taught. Not because it's comfortable to do so. Not because there are no hypocrites in the church. Because there are Judases in every church. Did you hear me? You said, well, I don't like this one anymore. The one you're going to try next will be just as bad or worse. And folks, I was, I mean, I cut my teeth on the, on the back of a church pew. I mean, I, I was in church before I was a gleam in my mother's eye. Do you, you understand? I was. I've been around this. Day. I've been in thousands of churches. I I've preached in hundreds and hundreds of churches over the years in 27 different countries. And guess what? Every one of them has a Judas. So what are you going to do about that? You gonna let Judas dictate the terms of your life? You're gonna let Judas determine where you go and what you do? Or are you gonna live your life according to what God's word has said and you're gonna come hell or high water? Judas, fish or no? I'm gonna draw near to Jesus because Jesus said in chapter 8 if you continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free so ones that have a believing heart so why did you come today See your friends? That may be a part of it. Because it's comfortable to wear a mask in church? No. Because that's this is just how you were raised. This is what you do? No. Because there are no Judases in the church? No. You came to draw nigh to God. Because even as Peter, who meant this when he said it, said... Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else are we going to go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. We believe and are sure that Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter wasn't perfect, but he got it right a lot. And he was right here said lord we got nobody else to turn to and so we're not going to go anywhere we believe you we believe what you've said okay draw near to god believing what he said hold fast to the eternal word